This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. In a particular town in Poland, The government had decided to build a new highway, and it was going to go through the local Jewish cemetery. And not really caring about the Jews and their traditions of not disturbing a buried body, they gave the Jews three days to clear out the cemetery, where everything that was there would be pulverized and simply turned into cement. So knowing how special it is to have a Jewish burial, Kever Yisrael, and how holy it is to not disturb the body of a buried Jew, They started going one by one and digging up all of the old graves and moving them to a new location. And after a couple of days of doing this, the Hever Kedisha, the burial society, they opened up a grave. And there was something miraculous about it. The body had not decomposed. It was like it had just been buried a few minutes before. And this is somebody who had passed away a long time ago. But that wasn't the strangest thing. The strangest thing is that whoever this Jew was, he was buried in a priest's outfit. Could it be that a Jewish priest was buried in the Jewish cemetery? And that he was such a great tzaddik that his body had not decomposed for almost 70 years? So the Hever Kedisha started to try to figure out who this guy was. They had to find somebody who was very old, but still remembered who was buried as a priest. And eventually they found an old woman who was 90 years old at the time. They told her what they had discovered. They asked her, did you know anything about this man? Why was he buried as a priest? How come his body hadn't decomposed? Who was he? And the old woman knew the story very well. She told the Cheva Kedisha that many years ago, when she was a young woman, the great Sanzarebi, Reb Chaim of Sanz, came to town. And he started smelling. And he's sniffing around. And he's telling everyone, I smell the smell of Mashiach. It's here in this town somewhere. And he starts following the scent until eventually he comes to the house of the old Tzedakah collector. An old Jew in an old rundown house. The Sanzer Rebbe knocks on the door. The old man answers. The Rebbe says to him, my sweetest friend, I smelled the smell of Mashiach coming out of your house. Would it be okay if I sniffed around your house to try to find the source of it? And the old Jew was just as surprised as anyone else that the Rebbe is smelling around for Mashiach. And he says, yeah, of course, Rebbe. Smell away. Whatever you can find. It's all yours. So the Rebbe goes room by room smelling until eventually he comes to a bedroom. And he sees there's a closet. And he opens the closet. And there at the bottom of the closet, covered in other clothes, is a priest's outfit. And the old Sadaka collector, he's very embarrassed. And he says, oh, Rebbe, please ignore that. That shouldn't even be there. I should have thrown it away a long time ago. And the Rebbe picks it up from under the other clothes and gives it a good deep sniff. And he says, my sweetest friend, this is where the smell of Mashiach is coming from. Please, you have to explain to me. What is this priest's outfit doing here? Don't leave out a single detail. I want to know everything. And so the old man makes the Rebbe a cup of tea. Makes himself a cup of tea. And he sits down on an old chair. 
He tells the rabbi, you know, Rebbe, for most of my life I was collecting tzedakah. And this was already many years ago. I had done my regular rounds, collected from everyone, distributed the money, and I was sitting here on the chair, drinking my tea. My feet were up and I was resting from all the walking I had done. And there's a knock at the door. And I open the door, and who's there? Somebody who needs tzedakah. He says to me, please, you don't understand. My wife and I were suffering so much. We really need help. Tzedakah collector, you have to help us. He said, I'm sorry, I already did the rounds, and we're not wealthy people. You'll have to wait until tomorrow or the next day. And he said, no, you don't understand. We need the money tonight, please. We need help right now. And so the tzedakah collector put on his shoes, left the tea, and went around and collected money for another few hours. He comes back home. He gives it to this Jew. Then he sits down to rest his weary bones, takes off his shoes, puts his feet up, drinking his tea. And again, there's a knock at the door. And he gets up and he answers the door and he says, Shalom Aleichem, yes, what can I do for you, my sweetest friend? And there's a poor Jew standing there and he says, Tzedakah collector, please. My wife and I were desperate. We need money and we need help right now. Can you please give us some tzedakah? And he said, oh, you don't understand. I already did my rounds. And I even did an extra round for somebody who just came before you. That's it. I'm done for the day. I'm not collecting any more tzedakah. He said, no, you don't understand. Our situation is so desperate. We really need help and we need it now. Please, you have to help us. He said, I can't. You don't understand. I already walked around and collected tzedakah. And not only once, I did it twice. And these are not wealthy people. And they don't have any more money. And it wouldn't help. I would just waste my time. But the Jew wouldn't give up. And he said, you've got to help us, you've got to help us, you've got to help us. And he's going on and on. And so the old tzedakah collector, he says, listen, there's one wealthy Jew. He never gives anyone anything. But I'll go and knock on his door and give it a try. And so he goes to this Jew who had already been separated from the community, didn't keep kosher, didn't keep Shabbos, wasn't part of the community at all anymore. And the tzedakah collector says to him, listen, I already went around and collected tzedakah from everyone. There's no one left to collect from. And I have a poor Jew. He really needs help. What do you think? Maybe you'd like to do a mitzvah and remember what it is to be a good Jew. So the wealthy Jew, he looks at the tzedakah collection and he says, you know what? I'll be a good sport if you be a good sport. He says, wait here a minute. I've got something for you. And he goes back into his house and he comes out with a priest's outfit. And he says to the tzedakah collector, if you put this on, walk around the marketplace singing Kol Nidre, then when you make it back to my house, I will give you however much money you need. So the tzedakah collector, he took the priest's outfit and he put it on. He said, let's go. They go to the marketplace and he's singing Kol Nidre the whole way around. And the Jewish vendors are looking at him like he's crazy, but he doesn't care. He has a job and he wants to collect tzedakah and that's all that matters. He comes back to the wealthy Jew's house and he says, okay, I did what you asked. And the wealthy Jew said, yeah, a deal is a deal. And he gives him the amount of money that the tzedakah collector needed. And he says to him, you know what? I don't need the priest suit. You can hang on to it. And so the tzedakah collector, he goes back home. And he takes the suit and he throws it in the closet and puts some clothes on top of it. And he says, good riddance. I don't ever want to see you again. Now he's telling all of this to the Sansa Rebbe. And the Rebbe's eyes are lit up. And he says, that's where the smell of Mashiach is coming from. It's coming from that priest's outfit. He said, do you understand? The misiut nefesh, the self-sacrifice that you had for another Jew, after you had already collected for everyone, 
and then collected for another Jew. Then you went for a third time, and you had to humiliate yourself. And you put your pride and your ego aside in order to help a fellow Jew. He said, you have no idea what you did, not just for that Jew, but for the whole Jewish people. He said, that's where the smell of Mashiach is coming from. It's coming from this priest's outfit. And then the Sansa Rebbe took a piece of paper and a quill, and he starts writing a note for the Cheva Kedisha. It says when this old Jew dies and he should live a long and healthy life until 120, when he dies, bury him in the priest's outfit. Because if in this world it could bring the smell of Mashiach, imagine how far it can take this Jew's neshama in the world to come. And so when the tzedakah collector passed away, he was buried in the priest's outfit, and he was on such a high level that he merited that his body did not even decompose, and it was as fresh as the day he had been buried. I have another story for you. There was a Jew who was serving in the Israeli Air Force in the 1970s and decided after a few years of being in the Air Force and after attaining the rank of Lieutenant Colonel that he wanted to learn more about Judaism and he had this deep longing to live a life of Torah and mitzvot. But because he was in the Air Force and surrounded by everything secular and no religious Jews, he didn't have the opportunity to learn. But it was the custom for senior officers in the IDF to receive a long vacation and a stipend in order to go abroad and study in famous universities. And when this Jew's turn came and he was offered to go and study at a university, he instead asked the army if he could study in the yeshiva. And the commander said from his point of view, there was no problem, but because it was the army, he had to get permission from the defense ministry. And so he went and asked the defense ministry if they would pay for his year in yeshiva, and they said they would only pay for a place of higher education that's accredited and recognized as a university or a college. And since a yeshiva is not, he was welcome to go there for the year, but they weren't going to pay for it, and they weren't going to give him the stipend. And so the student didn't know what to do. He started asking questions about Judaism and mitzvot and trying to learn more from anyone he could find. And in the 1970s, there were no famous Bale Tshuva movements like there are today. And there was no one to really guide this Jew as to how to become a Baal Tshuva. And so somehow he made his way to a Haredi family in Bnei Brak and asked if he could stay with them for Shabbos. And after Shabbos, he asked the family who had hosted him, who was the biggest rabbi in Bnei Brak? And without thinking for a second, they told him that Rav Elazar Shach of blessed memory was the biggest rabbi in all of Israel. And so this Jew, this officer, would spend Shabbos in Bnei Brak with the Haredi family. He went to Rav Shach and he said to him, I want to leave the army so that I can attend a yeshiva instead of a university. And I should be able to get paid for it from the Ministry of Defense. But they refused to accept my request. I can't afford to study in yeshiva without getting paid for the year. I don't want to go to university. What should I do, Rabbi? And Rav Shach listened to him. And while he was sitting in the rabbi's office, he called his gabai, his assistant. And he said to him to call one of the ministers in the government, the Minister of Religious Affairs. And he calls him. And Rav Shach gets on the phone. And he tells the Minister of Religious Affairs to come to his house right away. 
and within half an hour, the Minister of Religious Affairs was standing there in Rav Shach's office with the Air Force officer who wanted to do tshuva. And Rav Shach said to the Minister of Religious Affairs, I want you to go to the government and make sure that this Jew here can spend his year away from the IDF learning in the yeshiva and it will be considered the equivalent of studying a year in university. And exactly as Rav Shach had requested, within a few weeks, the government had added an amendment that allowed officers in the IDF to study Torah in yeshiva and be paid for it, just like they would be if they had gone to university. And this Jew, who of course became a Baal Tshuva, ended up in yeshiva for two and a half years, all thanks to his simple faith in Hashem and his curiosity in asking for help from the right people at the right time. May Hashem bless us to all grow in our Torah and mitzvot and coming closer to Hashem and have the desire to serve Hashem like this officer did. want to thank all the listeners of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Please make sure to share this with your friends. Leave a review wherever you listen. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook. That's the easiest way. Just send me a message. I see them all. My name is Barack Holman, B-A-R-A-K-H-U-L-L-M-A-N. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs>